indeed our anchor. You've seen us through so many storms, and you've, you've taken us through so many wonderful new adventures, and yet still to be reminded. Father, use this time now as we gather, look into your word, and, and then reflect upon our lives to see what it means to have you as our hope, and for you to use us to help be that hope for a world in need. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, good morning. That guy doesn't look like Kurt. No, Kurt's much better looking than I, but uh, we've been friends for a long time. And my name is Greg Krieger, and greetings from Sacramento, where I'm a pastor at a church, a little, little tiny brother church called Rock Harbor Covenant Church. We're a 13-year-old church. still think of ourselves as a church plant. We have no facility. We don't know if we ever will. Um, we kind of uh, roam around and... Uh, and are this, this little minor player down there. But um, I've been invited to come and share. This morning we sing about uh, our story and his story in our life. And, and I, I'm going to tell a story. I, I want to help maybe us uh, see stories. And, and even as I think about the stories, uh, this last week, what's been going on here um, in this family called Faith. And I've, I've got this uh, picture in my mind of, Wow! I'm going like, these people ran 13 miles? Like, this guy ran 13 miles? I'm going, wow, that would kill me. I don't know. And, and, and some of you in here, way to go. This is part of our family story. It's, it's beautiful. I, I understand this church. Raise your hand if you've been here for more than four years. Anyone here? Yeah. So raise your hand if you've ever been a Presbyterian, member of a Presbyterian church. <laughs> Amen. All right. My uncle. My uncle's a, a Presbyterian pastor as well. And my brother actually served in a Presbyterian church. However, my brother is another pastor. This morning, it's a lot about family. It's a lot about the family of God and continuing to extend our understanding of what that means now in our little tiny corner of the family called Evangelical Covenant. Well, my brother's down in Modesto at the church started by this guy's dad. And yeah, and, and, and so Kurt was down there for nine years as a kid, and um, my brother's now down there trying to keep up with, with this strong tradition of note health for leadership. I mean, it's, it's challenging. It's a challenge. But this morning as we think about this, and I just, man, it's so great. I can't wait to go back to my church and tell them about you guys and say, hey, there's some front runners. In fact, this next year, um, the, the Evangelical Covenant, you know, if, if you're wondering what this looks like, I'm going to go back, and, and we'll have the sound on this in, in a second. I think the sound might have been down. What does it look like? We just raised $17,000 and put it towards finding clean drinking water for a, a region, a town of 300,000. We're going to find out more about it this morning. But this town is called Gemina. And in the middle of, of, of Africa and in the middle of, the, of this uh, uh, country called Congo, up in the northwest side, there's a, a city of 300,000 that has no electricity, no running waters. Can you imagine 300,000 with no sewers? 300,000 with no electricity? With, with, with no paved roads. But the number one thing that's killing kids and is leading to malnutrition and one out of five don't even make it past age five. On the way here this morning, I saw a sign. Maybe you've seen it on the road. One out of five children in this region have no, no meal today. Well, there the, the, the sign, if they had a sign on a road, if they had a, a road, would be one out of five children die today. And clean water is the number one resource 
found deep below. This is where that money goes. A project that we have video from just last year. It looks something like this. One beautiful gift of Covenant Kids Congo powered by World Vision is that we get to meet our brothers and sisters in Congo. Bernadette is one such person who is striving toward a brighter future and we invite you to step inside her story. Bernadette and her family's lives has been changed because they now have access to clean water right in their own neighborhood. Bernadette used to walk a mile to get water from a dirty stream and it's made her children sick. But now, safe, clean drinking water is only a short walk away. In this remote area of the Congo, the most valuable resource is far underground. Many children's lives are cut short by waterborne illness, but hope is on the way. Through your faithfulness, Covenant Kids Congo, powered by World Vision, has capped many springs and drilled two deep water wells. Each well has multiple points of distribution, so that clean water is available closer to people's homes. Avec la pompe submergée qui est là-bas, ça remplit les tanks de 6 et 3 mètres cubes entre 5 heures de temps. Et avec le système, les tanks qui est là-bas, on a 8 kiosques qui sont éparpillés dans les quartiers. It is this kind of transformation that you help make possible when you sponsor a child through the Covenant Kids Congo. Sponsor a child and work with families on this beautiful faith filled journey. So that video says sponsor a child, and how does that fit with this run thing? Well, the way it works is we've we've partnered, and we'll find out more about this in the minutes ahead, but the Evangelical Covenant Church has partnered with World Vision. You see, World Vision's been working with children and with countries around the world for years and decades, and what they found is there's systems which work so much better than others, and, and one of those systems is to say, develop a relationship between the children, the individual child, and people in the United States, almost as ambassadors one to another, learning from each other, encouraging and finding hope from one another. And all that money then goes into community development and transformation so that things like this, this incredible well which we saw can be built. And as a result, that well goes out to this town of 300,000 for all the people of 300,000 people to have clean drinking water with the systems that come out of that well, we would need 13 of those wells. So far, we've been able to build two, which is, a, a, man, it's phenomenal. But, but as we do this sponsorship of children, along with things like the run, like what you guys did just last week. In fact, that's, that's such a huge boost in the arm and shot in the arm that some of you front-running churches have already done. 
The Evangelical Covenant denomination is trying to get a hundred churches to join in and do something very similar. That hopefully some of you wearing orange shirts are going to be ambassadors. And next year you're going to go out to some of us younger little church guys like us at Rock Harbor. And you're going to say, hey, we've done this. It works. In fact, we ran 13 miles. We're only doing 6K. You know, <laughs> what is 6K? 6K, that's the distance it takes for like Sister Mama Bernadette in Congo. I walked with her last year on that path for that mile and a half there or whatever, you know, to get down there, to get to that dirty well, to get to that dirty water that they would just take and bring back and give to their children. And this is why their children are always sick and malnutritioned and in many cases leading to death. But then to see how this can, man, we need more shots in the arm like that along with the long term for the next 10 years. And so next year, we've the 6K, that's the distance it goes. We're trying to get all these, and all of a sudden, when you're talking 6K, now I know Kurt can do 13 miles. I'm probably good for about 6K. I got a couple knee surgeries. I'm getting a little older. These little children, the last service, you guys, it's so beautiful. Come visit the early service sometime. I, I must have seen, I don't know, it looked like 100 kids in here. There probably weren't that many. But over, this place overrun with children. And you know what? All those children could do 6K. And all of a sudden, they get to participate and learn. And part of the learning is going, and maybe you have a pond at the end. Maybe you could join with another church, get to know another covenant church locally. Well, that's coming. That's down, down the ways. I just wanted to throw that out there for you. Because this morning, I want us to think about what, what do we find, and if we're going to look into Scripture and say even, how does God already in the life of Christ help us understand more about what, what this means to bring hope? And this morning, we're going to look at, a, a, at John chapter 6. And in John chapter 6, we're going to take a look at what it means to be God's favorite child. Because I do believe that the invitation is there for all of us. I actually think I'm God's favorite child. But there's room on that bench for everyone. And I think that story, which we normally associate with a different number. We don't associate John chapter 6 with the number 1. We associate John chapter 6 with the number 5,000. So maybe you know the story we're about to read. It goes like this. John chapter 6, verse 1. Sometime after this, Jesus crossed to the far shore of the Sea of Galilee. A great crowd of people followed him because they saw the signs he'd performed. Then Jesus went up to the mountainside and sat down with his people. The Jewish Passover festival was near. When Jesus looked up and saw a great crowd coming, he said to Philip, where should we buy bread for all these people to eat? He asked this only to test him. He had already in his mind what he's going to do. Philip answered him, It would take more than half a year's wages just for everyone to have a little bite. Another disciple, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. Jesus, here, here's a boy. Here, here's a boy with five small barley loaves and Two small fish, a couple of sardines, and five, five Twinkies, you know? It says, Mom packed him a lunch. But how far will that go among so many? Jesus said, have the people sit down. There was plenty of grass in that place. They sat down, about 5,000 men. Jesus took the loaves, he gave thanks, and distributed to those who were seated as much as they wanted. He did the same with the fish. When they had all had enough to eat, he said to his disciples, Gather the pieces that are left. Let nothing be wasted. So they gathered them and filled 12 baskets with the pieces. 
of the bread and the fish as, as well. How does this explain? Where is God's favorite child shining in this? Well, the themes that we want to understand first as you think about this this morning, there's certainly a great crowd. And with this great crowd, there's great needs. We've already begun to explore. We'll explore even more about those great needs. And, and they may be feeling like, like in, in, in the Congo, like we've got nothing. Or maybe this morning you're feeling like, wow, I've got nothing. I've got nothing left. I'm spent. And the good news that we find here is that when, when we've got nothing, God is up to something. Brothers and sisters, God is up to something this morning. But then we go on and we look, it would take more than a half a year's wages. It's a great crowd with great needs. They're not just great needs. These are like impossible odds. Half a year of wages just for everyone to have a bite? How, how are we going to? But you know what? We know how this story ends. We know that God loves impossible odds, don't we? And those impossible odds are most best filled and fit with and give God the most glory. I think when he uses his favorite children. His favorites. Are you, I hope this morning, when I say, are you God's favorite, I sure hope you're going, oh man, yeah. I am God's favorite. Krieger, that's my last name. Krieger, everyone calls me Krieger back home. Krieger, you're not God, I'm God's favorite. Well, good, <laughs> let's fight over that because there's room on this bench for everyone. But along comes what? The little boy. Here's the boy with the five small, God's favorite child. I like to think, I'm 51 years old, but I'm just this little guy. I don't know. Some of you are older than me. Some of you are not quite my age. Is, is anyone else in here feeling like you're God's favorite? Anybody else? Any, all right. Yeah, rock and roll. I'll still be his favorite little boy when I'm 90. And this morning, you know, just come in. In, in our church, be God's little favorite child. And faith this morning could be. And how does that work? Well, it's because... What's really going on in the story? I mean, who, who's the main character? Who's the one that actually gets to do something? Jesus? Wants to talk to me? All I got is this little brown bag, and inside I got these Twinkies and these sardines. But have them. You can have what I have. It's kind of like that child that comes along, and, and what do we do with the little child when we want them to feel special and like, like, isn't this wonderful? You reach into their ear, and then you, from their ear, what do you pull out? A quarter, right? Because you, you hit it in your hand. Or, or you've got a penny in your finger, in your hand, and you flip it over, and it goes from one hand to the next. Or, of course, there's the famous, like, the, the thumb that's kind of, like, coming off your hand and going back, right? Like, that's what God's doing here. He wants to show off. He wants to pull a, a rabbit out of a hat. Because this little boy is going to go back, and the rest of his life... You guys ever hear the story about when Jesus fed 5,000? You know that little boy? That was me. Hey, Mom, you know that lunch you packed today? You know what, you know what happened? I fed 5,000 friends with your lunch. She's like, shut it out of here. Go, go play. Of course, because God's just showing off with his, his favorite. His little, it's God's little favorite. That's, that's this morning. Now, this part is another part that's just kind of, it's part of the favorite, because the favorite gets to see what others don't see. And I hope we don't miss when we look at this that there's plenty of grass. It's not just some rock quarry we're going to go sit in. Like Jesus is going to say, I got 5,000 people coming over, um, at least. It's probably another 5,000 of children and, and women. And on top of that, I got like eight, ten thousand 10,000 friends. I'm going to give them all grass. They're probably going there, wow, what's this grass growing so nice and green and lush? 
Because Jesus has been up to this party for a while. He's been thinking about this. Plenty of green grass, and for them to do what? To, to eat as much as they wanted. I'm going to take you to the land of milk. You need milk to live. But I'm going to take you to the land of milk and honey. It's that little extra. It's that amazing grace, the truly amazing, like blow you away. Not just what you, we're not just going to get by. It's going to be amazing. God says, I'm, I'm going to take your breath away. You are my precious child. You are my loved bride. I'm going to sweep you off your feet and fill your eyes with tears. That's grace. Grace, good things we don't even deserve, but it's amazing, truly amazing grace. Have you ever been at that place? Have you, have you been at that place lately? I hope you've been there all the time. I hope you constantly live and that we, as we continue to grow, we grow and we learn and we change into that place where we are just so in awe that beyond words, God, you are so amazing. How could you do that with my child? How could you do that with my lunch? How could you do that with my church? How could you do that with these legs that go 13 miles and I, bear, I have a hard time walking down the street, but somehow I made it. Somehow you gave me the courage to sign up. Somehow you gave me the courage to reach out to my friends and ask them if they would join me as I try to change the world. God's amazing grace. What a great story. A great story of a great crowd with a great need. A great crowd with a great need of impossible odds, but that God loves these impossible odds. He loves to use his favorite sons and his favorite precious daughters to help affect this amazing grace and change in the world and to bring hope. But then the story, you just think it's done. You think the painting is painted. And then what happens? It's that last next part where he says, now find and fill, and they filled in how many? How many baskets? Twelve. It's like Rembrandt putting his sign, his signature. It's like, and, and what, what, what does Jesus want to make sure? He wants to make sure that the 12 tribes, that the 12, this is the people of God. The, the number 12 is very significant. This is the signature. Jesus says, don't miss this. This is how we roll. This is our family. This is the 12, like, like the 12 tribes of who? 12 tribes of what's the guy's name? Israel. Before that, what was his name? Jacob. It changed that night. That night changed everything. That night, what night? The night that he wrestled with him through the night, through the darkness, through the tears and the struggle at that brook called Face of God, Peniel, because it was there that he encountered God and hung on until he got blessed. God says, let me go, you know, as a father would do, right? Father's Day last week. This is great. Just as the father would say, come on, kid, let me go, let me go. And of course, he could just pounce that kid if he wanted. But he wants, the, he wants the little boy to have that fun. I'm not going to let you go, Dad, not until you bless me. All right, boom. And he limped the rest of his life as a reminder of that. I will bless you, and I will change your name, make you a father of great nations, and you will be called Israel because you've wrestled with God and prevailed. You've wrestled through the night. And as our brothers and sisters, and we are wrestling with them through this night and through this hunger and this malnutrition, and God will be honored and, and, and people will know that the number 12, that the people of God, that Israel, the family of God has been here. This is how they roll. Covenant Kids Congo, what does it look like? How does some of this apply as we wrap up this morning? To think about it, 
that Congo, if you don't know much about it, it's a great crowd with great needs. It's the yellow, it's the yellow uh, big country in the middle of Africa there. The, the blow-up of it looks like this. Up on top, there's a little tiny circled city named Gemana. That's where the focus of this has gone. Because although the country of Congo is certainly a, a great country of great need, Gemana is that town, it's that focused place of 300,000 where these needs seem to be greatest. Where the covenant has been for quite a while. It looks like this, the, the whole country, in terms of the size of it. But you see why, and, and, and to look at this, to understand, these are some pictures. I'm a high school football coach. In fact, some people know me more as a coach than a pastor. I, I probably spend a lot more time on a football field, and I know I do, than a church office. But I go to the boys last year, and as, as I'm, I'm, I'm actually going, I had an opportunity to go and be there. And as I went, I said, why would, why would we go so far? Because we talk a lot about changing and being agents of change. This is a high school football team that's played for the California State Title IV the last seven years. And so they know a lot about our on-the-field success, but it has a lot to do with what's behind that, what's going on in the lives and the character. How far are you willing to go to be an agent of change? Well, my church wanted to be sure I, I went really far. They must be tired of me, guys. Cause <laughs> but why would I go? Because I'm not the first European to have gone. In fact, when you think about it and, and you do the research, you come to find out that Belgium, King Leopold of Belgium from, from 1890 to 1910 became the owner of Congo. There's a phenomenal book on this if you want to read it. It's like a primer for many missionaries who head into any country in Africa. It's called The, the Ghost, King Leopold's Ghost. But if you read through this, what you'll find is the atrocities that have been leveled that he bought this country, this country shaped as a funnel with the end of the funnel that goes out to the ocean so it could be completely exploited. And how is he paying for all this exploitation? He's paying for it by forcing, enforced slavery. He's taking women from their husbands. He's taking children away. They're cutting off hands and feet. That's, if you could see these up close, and that's just the beginning. I mean, it goes into things I don't want to say in the front of a, a church on a Sunday. Why are we going? Why have we been called? Because the needs of this great crowd are great. Because we're not the first Europeans to have been. But we're going to come and we're, we're going to do whatever we can to help make it right. So the odds, quite impossible. As you start to think about five years ago, and some of these odds are from five years back because there's actually been some slight increase and this is what we're here to celebrate today is that we're on the right track. We're moving it forward. But there's one out of five children don't make it past age five. That the United Nations ranks 187 countries and five years ago this place was ranked 187. Hey, the last time I looked it was up to like 182 and I had this feeling like maybe we're helping affect this change. That seven out of eight men and women and boys and girls have no access to clean drinking water. Seven out of eight that in this town of Gemino, a city of 300,000 with no running water, electricity, or paved streets, these are some insurmountable odds. And would you think that the Covenant Church, hey, family, hey, welcome to the family, that in 1935, we had four of us that went there for the first time in 1935. And in 1964, a really significant thing happened. There was a year of, of freedom given to all the African countries. 
But this was among those African countries which seemed to struggle with this the most as the tribes grew all this infighting and civil wars. And, and Life and Time magazines both ran articles with one person's face on the front. And it was one of these covenant missionaries, evangelical covenant medical missionary named Paul Carlson, that when the fighting broke out, he took his family to safety across the river. But then thinking that there's going to be blood on both sides, and certainly I've, I can help. I'm a doctor. I'm a surgeon. He goes back only to within days lose his life. So that Paul Carlson became the United States figurehead. And, you know, and for us as a covenant denomination, what are the chances that the little boy with the bag, the little girls with their bags, from this denomination that's already experienced would, would be able to help? Well, five years ago, as all this came to a head, the president of Congo knows that the Evangelical Covenant Church of Congo, our daughter denomination, which has now grown and is twice as big as we are, but their own denomination, they are providing for Gemina and, uh, and uh, uh, a total of 2 million. So it starts with 300,000 there, but in the area that expands to 2 million people, all of their medical, 97% of their medical needs have the word covenant in them because there are five hospitals and 100 clinics. They don't look at like anything like our hospitals. And their clinics are no more than like a shed. But all that medical that they do have, education that they do have, man, it's got the word covenant in it. Hey, president to president, country to denomination, will you help us? President of that denomination goes to this guy. Who is this guy, by the way? His name's Gary Walter. You thought it was Superman? Clark Kent? Yeah, kind of. He's the president of our denomination. And, 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 and so the president of the Congo Covenant calls Gary and says, will you help us? And Gary looks to all of the denomination at home and says, will you help us? And we all look in our little bags and we say, we will pray, we will hope, we will act as God leads. And so as would God lead, so our little, that's, that's my church, that's my family. I kind of miss them this morning. They're, they're worshiping. But that's where they were sending me out. I think they wanted a new pastor. Didn't know if I'd make the trip back. So they sent me out. And, and, and they were asked, you know, will you support these kids? And they gave a church our size, which is a, a church about half your size. Would, would you support these kids? And they had, like, we've got these cards out there this morning, just like we had. And, and will you take these cards? And will you support these children? And, and we prayed, and we went, and we supported, and they gave us 15 cards. But something happened that Sunday because we ran out of cards. There were, it wasn't 15 or 20. There were 35 children sponsored on that first Sunday. And in, in the year and a half, two years that would follow, another 30 would be added to that. Nearly 70 children sponsored. And a pastor that was sent. And when I went, and, and we just got, you know, we're just our little brown bag. What do we find? The report that comes back looks like this. We find, when we find first, we we're blessed like crazy. Why? We were blessed, this team of four of us that went. We landed in Brussels as the bombs were going off. So we got to see God at work in the midst of one of those crazy, most wonderful, harsh, terroristic moments to see the peace of God, the anchor through all storms, come through and actually get us there. And once we get there, to find, here I am with the child I sponsor. Notice I'm on a knee. Notice how tall my eight-year-old child is. Eight years old. But to see the progress, to see the, the, the looks on their faces, to, to hear the thank yous, to see how their family is being blessed, 
and from there to, to go and to find the clean water. That is Bernadette, and that's Josh, our cameraman. And he was able to, to walk with that jug on his head for like two seconds, <laughs> and, and it fell, fell down. But to see how they were blessed with the local distribution of that water, and, and then to see it, this is a school, and it's being added buildings to the school of buildings for libraries. You see that as we give this $40, per, per, it, it comes through in such a strong way to transform a community and from there to come to a savings group. And as we're at the savings group to hear from Mama Bibi, this is Mama, Mama Bibi, and she is responsible for starting these savings groups, which are now 42 in number, 42 groups of women who are bringing their funds together and they're learning how to save and how to take loans and how to do business and how to bless their families. We're, uh, we're, we're five minutes in with her and all of a sudden there's, there's screams coming from blocks away. And the translator tells us her sister, the little baby that she had, just died. He said, Mama Bibi, you go be with the baby. She says, no, I'll be with you for the next three hours. I need to be here. You need to hear this story. Death, part of their lives. And, and then Mama Paola. Mama Paola takes us, and with all these women, they... They teach us and they show us what's going on. As we come, the women in the top left, they're singing a song. And they're, 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 they're singing it. And, and, and the song that they're singing, well, actually, I'd like you to hear the song. I'm going to show a video, a little 90-second, two-minute shot here. This is what it's like to find out from Mama Paola and her friends. And because it's a lot that they say have to be translated, I'm going to leave my mic on. And as it gets translated, I'm going to read what these women are saying as they're interviewed. Come with me to Congo and see, meet the women of this agricultural group. These are mothers with sponsored children as well as others in the community. They're here because their children experienced malnutrition. The Democratic Republic of Congo has the highest rate of malnutrition in Central and West Africa. In the city of Gemena, the majority of mothers have lost at least one of their children, often with malnutrition has a complicating cause. But now, mothers are learning to grow and prepare the most nutritious food for their children, and they are making delicious goods to sell and earn an income. They are undergoing training through women's agricultural groups supported by the Covenant Kids Congo. I was pregnant when Mama Paola called me to participate in an agricultural training. Even though I was pregnant, I did not get tired, and I came and listened to the training. We learned how to work with our hands in the garden. I learned how to grow a bed of greens and how to eat better. Then later, when I gave birth to my child, my child was healthy, and I'm very grateful. My other children were malnourished and thin, but now they are healthy and going to school. If you came to my house today, you would see that my children are no longer sick. They're full of joy. They are first in their class and succeeding in school. They're learning and they're healthy. I've seen God at work because I buried three children who died from malnutrition. But now that I have my own vegetable garden, we have good food and my children are healthy. 
My children are no longer malnourished. You see my daughter standing here in good health, all because of the work. I ask God to continue to bless Mama Paola, World Vision, and the Covenant. I ask you to continue to support this project for what we are learning is important. Let's not give up. Let's grab our shovel and machete. Let's keep working hard so our children don't die of hunger. It is this kind of transformation that you help make possible when you sponsor a child through the Covenant Kids Congo. Sponsor a child and work with families on this beautiful, faith-filled journey. When those women were done being interviewed, I looked to my friend, Fred, who is Congolese, and I said, Fred, all these women, they all tell stories of, of children dying. Did, did you handpick these women? He says, no, Greg. All these women have had children die. That song they sing, it's, as they're working, give us a machete, give us a shovel. We'll work the ground. We'll work the ground so our children won't die. And they're working it, and they're seeing health, and they're seeing wholeness. And they tell me to come and tell you thank you. Thank you for running. Thank you for being front runners. Thank you for being model. And this morning, in a world of great needs, in a world of, of being God's favorite children, would you as sons and daughters be willing to look in your brown bag and see if there might be room to sponsor a child so that this great work can continue for years to come? Let's pray. Father, we are, um, we are, in a sense, overwhelmed by the greatness of, of the, the need, but deeply and desperately in love with you and your people. We pray for our sisters and our brothers across the sea. And God, this morning we give thanks for the progress that's been made. We give thanks for how you're sweeping them and us off our feet filling our eyes with tears, taking our breath away. God, I pray for brothers and sisters in the room today that if you would have for them a, an invitation, they'd be willing and ready and able to head out those doors and respond. But whether we respond today in that way or run in a race last week or in the year to come, would you continue to make us a people that know what it means to be agents of change, your family of hope for a world in need. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You guys appreciate Greg's heart and his passion. Thank you, Greg, for leading us this morning. As always, I am amazed and uh, wonderfully in awe of your generosity as a faith community. And we know that generous giving and living is one of the marks of a healthy faith community. It's one of our 10 healthy missional markers. And if you've prepared a gift for God in worship this morning, we want to give you an opportunity to bring that now as we uh, sing our closing song. Uh, but also, as Greg said, pre be, be prayerfully considering uh, in these next few moments as we head out whether God might be opening the door for you and I to sponsor a child 
to keep the race going forward, to help us continue to make a difference with these brothers and sisters in Congo. So as we worship God as with our final song, please bring the gifts and tithes that you've prepared for God this morning.